Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Self to Society. This is season two, the very first series of season two with a reimagined approach, and we're just gonna fucking go get it. Thank you for tuning in. Series number one is about anxiety and experience. This episode specifically is going to be about our childhood experience and how that leads to anxiety, both probably as we were children, and also, more specifically, as we are adults. Thank you for fucking listening. Uh, So one of the interesting things about childhood is that it is very fucking confusing. Childhood is weird, right? From being a kid, like a child, uh, where, you know, when I say child, I mean five, six, seven, eight, nine, and life is about playing. There's Fun things like, uh, you know, recess and uh, the hardest thing that you're going to do in any given day is a little bit of homework. But most of life is fun. It's about having fun and and being fun. And for some people, their their home environments or where they grew up is uh, much more difficult than just playing and having fun. I think most people have some version of a hard childhood. It's relative, but the trauma that comes from being a child is really interesting because there are always extremes in the parallels, right? You either have a lot of money, which leads to probably some absentee parents, uh, parents who work a lot, who aren't around a lot. You have lots of babysitters uh, and or nannies or that sort of thing, or extremely poor uh extremely poor families where the parents might be around a lot, but the the quality of life with the parents isn't quite as high. You may also have an overlap of those two things where you grew up in a poor family, but your parents worked all the time, so you were being taken care of by aunts or uncles or, you know, friends or older, older siblings or something like that. Or you grew up in a rich family and your parents were around, but the interaction may not have been good. There is a sliver in this matrix of great families, and it doesn't matter if you were poor or rich. Uh, I think some families fucking, they figure it out and they do a really great job. And most of us struggle like fuck as parents uh, to get through it. I remember being a child, and a lot of what I experienced as a child had nothing to do with me. Right? Uh, Both my parents were addicts. My dad was a heroin addict and my mom was a big drinker and was on uppers uh, a lot. And, you know, there was always drug dealers around our house and there was random people all the time. And my parents partied a lot and we went to the bar a lot, like probably until I was five and a half, six ish. I was at the bar every day with my parents. Um, A testimony to that is I'm right handed. I do everything right handed except play pool. Because my mom was left-handed and she taught me how to play pool growing up in the bar when I was like barely able to fucking get the pool cue over the over the table. So I play pool left-handed because of my experience growing up in bars. Um, again, that experience has nothing to do with me. My parents were adults making adult decisions. Uh, my parents ended up splitting up when I was eight. Uh <clears throat> Eight, no, I was in third grade, that part I do remember, and the chaos of the breakup was really wild. Uh, my dad liked to party a lot. Um, 
his best friend had moved back from Boston and was living with us in this transition. During the transition, he was also working for my dad. While that was happening, uh, my dad had a drug dealer that was a woman and they liked to engage in sexual behaviors when they weren't supposed to be. Uh, And one moment in particular, my mom showed up to my dad's work. She was there um, and my dad like hid her at his work. Uh, My dad owned his own business and hid her so that my mom wouldn't see her. But the... uh, What the... But the kind of aftermath of that was my dad's best friend ended up telling my mom because secretly he had been in love with her the whole time. And they that split up my parents. That was kind of the last straw. Uh, my parents had fought a lot. Uh, I saw some pretty gnarly shit. But they fought a lot. And uh, once my dad's best friend came out with this infidelity... My mom actually left my dad for his best friend. All of this happened before, like, up until 8. Before 8, there wasn't a whole lot of abuse. Uh, I mean, there was verbal abuse, but, like, I didn't really... I mean, I got spanked, but I didn't really get my ass whooped a lot until I was, like, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then the abuse got really wild. Uh, But when you get into... 11, 12, 13, life is even different, right? So this early childhood development, we have experiences that will trigger in our mind as we get older. The older we get, we have certain things that were said to us or done to us or that we experienced that are triggers and that we never let go of. They're never, they never go away. I mean, they can, we can heal them, but inherently they don't just go away. Some of these feelings and emotions and things like that. Um, it gets worse as we get into our preteen and teenage years, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 ish. If you're a late bloomer, you know, um, because now we're just like, we've got these experiences as children that we're always dealing with and weighing things against, you know, like, uh, one of the things for me is I was always insecure as an artist because my dad was blue collar and would, you know, almost poke fun at me for wanting to do art all the time as opposed to like getting out and getting dirty and turning wrenches and that sort of thing. So I was always insecure as an artist and that went into, you know, my teenage years, 11, 12, 13, where now my body's changing, my hormones are changing, my balls are dropping, my voice is getting deeper. It's like fucking all hell has broken loose in my body and I don't know fucking up from down or left from right but when we're 11 12 13 14 15 we think that we're fucking geniuses right like we think that we for some reason our cognitive ability is so minuscule at that point in in terms of like how we process and rationalize information that we think we're fucking einstein and and there's some part of it that maybe maybe we are right like maybe there's some part of us that like when we're that age, we're savant in some way because we don't have the rationale. I don't fucking know. What I know <laughs> is that those times in in my life created new experiences, right? It was compounded of the pain from being a kid. And then I started getting my fucking ass whooped when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I mean, I remember being 
I was 15 years old. Two of my friends were over and my dad hit me in the stomach so hard that I flipped up onto the counter. Like it, I got my ass beat, uh, from time to time. And so, you know, now I'm turning into a young adult and I have more experiences and these experiences are going to carry me into adulthood. They're going to affect how I act, how I treat myself, how I treat other people, how I handle the world around me, how I view the world around me, and what decisions I'm going to start to make for me as an adult and as a human. Now, let me take a step back. During childhood, I didn't really have much anxiety. I knew what I, I knew what to expect. Um, most of our anxiety is... It, the root of it is something unknown. There, uh, we don't know where our, you know, when we're going to have the money to pay the bills. We don't know if this new person that we're dating is going to somehow treat us like the last person we dated. We don't know if <clears throat> these friends that we have are going to, tr- you know, manipulate us or um, ditch us like the last friend we had or whatever. Like we, th- there's anxiety is based in the not knowing. And so as a kid, I didn't really struggle with anxiety. Um, Comparison was a really weird thing for me because, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I am so very specific about showing up, how I show up uh, with freedom and confidence. So like I'd went through a season relatively recently where I was painting one hand of my fingers and I've been only wearing black shirts for months now. Um, And it was a season and that was good. The freedom for me is that I can, I have the confidence to say that was just a moment in time. I'm going to change. I'm going to do something different now. And as you can see, I'm not wearing a black shirt and I don't have painted fingernails and my hair is even a little different. The reason why I am so hell bent on being as much of myself as I can be at any given moment now these days is because when I was nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, I was lying to people and telling them that I was Mexican because I, I grew up, I was going to schools and grew up in neighborhoods where being the white kid was the minority. Um, I was listening to the radio yesterday and Joey boy on the morning mess said la raza. And I haven't fucking heard that term in so long, but it was like, I have drawings from when I was a kid. Well, I might have drawings. I remember drawing when I was a kid these little cholos with la raza. Like, it. I, I lied to people and told them that I was Mexican. Uh, I'm obviously white. Like, I don't look Hispanic. Not even a little bit. Not one day in my life. Never at all have I looked Hispanic. But I pretended. I tried so hard to find an allegiance in that neighborhood and in those schools that I dismissed all of who I was. Probably the only two things that I held really tightly to were my appreciation for hip-hop music, which I had even as a kid, and my love for basketball, which I also have now still as an adult. I held tightly to those two things. Everything else was uh, on the table to be changed. My hair, my clothing, my style, uh, how I spoke. I mean, I, I like spoke cholo like I said words like vato and orale and uh it was crazy that I would do that that I would dismiss you know these this major part of who I am just to try to fit in and find some allegiance 
but it's what we do as humans. We long for that allegiance, right? So my experiences as a kid have certainly affected how I've become an adult. Um, so these childhood things, you know, like, as I was saying, I, I didn't have much anxiety as a kid because I knew what to expect. I knew my parents were going to fight. I knew they were going to be drunk or high. I knew that we may, may or may not end up at the bar. There were certain times in my life where food was scarce at my mom's house specifically. And, you know, like how the only way that we bathed was by warming up water on the stove um, and eating a fuck ton of hamburger helper with no hamburger in it. And so the, you know, the, the anxieties weren't quite there as a kid. I didn't feel it. Part of that is that I'm an optimist and I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm a charismatic optimist. And so everything for me is always like, oh, sunshine and rainbows. Um, as I get a little older in my life, as I got older as an adult is when I started to experience anxiety. And a lot of it was directly related to things that correlated with my childhood. From childhood to preteen puberty, 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 <laughs> puberty, we experience so much change and we start to form some identities. When I was in high school, I was a little less likely to shift and change and mold who I was to be like other people. I had a style and it was my style. It also was other people's style, but it and and I think I still did some some shifting and bending to try to fit in, but not nearly like when I was a kid. Um, I had some friends and they they mostly liked me for who I was, no matter what I was or who I was. And and so that that wasn't quite as prevalent. I can say that that's when a lot of my experiences as a childhood started to placate as actions for me. Um, the first time that I ever felt anxiety was because I was lying to people. Uh, and I didn't realize that it was anxiety at the time, but it was an, it was a fear and unknowing of whether or not I'd get caught in these lies. And when I was a teenager, man, I was fucking insane. I was a crazy, crazy, crazy liar. Um, a crazy liar. Like, Whew. Shit's stressful. Um, and going through that and, and feeling, feeling my childhood start to impact my behavior as a young adult and knowing that some of that behavior would carry itself into adulthood was sort of unknown. I can look back at it now and recognize and realize what was going on, but then I didn't have any sort of frame of reference of what was happening. I just was growing up. I was getting older. Um, and I started to, to uh, function within some of my dad's practices. Uh, I've mentioned in a couple episodes how my dad framed women for me, uh, which was very much take and use and abuse and discard and go to the next and the next and the next and the next and the next. And that started young, like eight, nine years old, it started where the encouragement for me to, uh, to use women was being told to me 
years before I would ever even kiss a girl, you know? And so by the time that I got into being physically and sexually active with women, I had been pre-programmed to be a fucking douchebag. <laughs> and <clears throat> and that wasn't my own decision. I was making the decisions, but it wasn't my decision to give me that experience. It was outside of me that was handing me that experience and forcing me to deal with how I was going to deal with it, which is a, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old kid, you don't fucking know how to deal with your sexuality yet. It is new and it's uncomfortable and it's weird. And you come for the first time and you get your first erection or your hymen breaks or like there's all sorts of shit that you're just like, what in the actual fuck is happening? Uh, and so not only is there learning, but there's insecurity in the learning because from an early age, we learn that there are socially acceptable sexual things. And if you don't have those or if you're not a part of them, you're fucked. No pun intended. Uh, so our experiences as, a, as children lead us into adolescence, lead us into young adulthood. And as we start acting out in those ways, I think a lot of that is where we'll see, if we look back in time, when we started to develop some anxieties. Now we can, we can shift them a little, right? I think behavior is really interesting. Uh, I think that we live in a world now with social media where, like, comparison was real when I was a kid. I don't want to fucking overstate this shit. I'll never forget, like, you know, being a teenager and there's dudes in the locker room who fucking have way better bodies than me or bigger dicks than mine. And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, or people who had more money or dress better or had a nicer car or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I remember feeling some of those feelings without social media and without the, the access to all of the shit. Now, do I think that it's worse? Because at any given time, we can log on and go see hundreds, if not thousands of versions of things that make us insecure. Yes, I think it's worse. But the comparison was there uh, for my generation as well. It's just worse now because I, I, didn't, I didn't have the ability to go seek out the anxiety of comparing in the same way that uh, young adults and adults, I mean, I fucking do it today for Christ's sake. Uh, young adults and adults have the ability to go seek out the anxiety that comes from comparing. We can seek it out. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy that it's so accessible and it's crazy that we do it, even as adults. However, comma, once we start to recognize those things into our adulthood is when we have the ability to make cognitive changes. We have the ability to, to in our frontal lobe and the rationale, the rational parts of our brains make new decisions on what behavior can look like. And if we're conscientious enough of that, we can create new patterns of thought and behavior that lead to a new life that can reduce that anxiety. Hope that that made sense. So childhood, a lot of shit's done to us and around us that we have no control of. Adolescence, kind of the same, but we're starting to like really see and know what is happening uh, preteen and teen into young adulthood. It's really affecting us. Like all of the spoken and, and uh, 
habitual repetitive things that were done around us, we're going to start to do and we're going to see that and experience some of that. And then as we get into adulthood, we get 22, 23, 24, our frontal lobe is developing or developed finally. We are in adult decisions. We've, you know, maybe we're in college or graduated from college. Maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you're in a serious relationship. We then have the ability to analyze the first part of our life and start to make new decisions, start to create new patterns And that's very hard to do and very few people do it. One of the good things about social media, though, in the world that we live in today is there there is a sliver of humans if you find them and if you fit into them. And if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a part of that sliver. (laughs) There is a sliver of humans that really do give a shit about getting better. They really do give a shit about thought process, pattern, behavior, mindset, action, Uh, really addressing some of the old wounds and creating new patterns and new behaviors based off of healing those old wounds. And you can find a lot of that information through social media, through channels of people who are really saying good shit. And so there is good to the crazy world that we live in. And finding a space where wanting to get better isn't so goddamn abnormal. In my home growing up, Wanting to be better was not even a conversation. Um, I've mentioned in, in previous episodes, both of my parents are dead. They were adults who made adult decisions. My mom died from lung cancer at 44, and my dad died from a stroke at 55. And it's fucking terribly sad. But two adults were making adult decisions, and those adult decisions led to their death. And so the idea of getting better wasn't really a part of my existence. It, it was not, they were not conversations that we were having. Uh, my parents were not meditating. We're not looking at their uh, behaviors. We're not looking at their patterns. We're not uh, analyzing how they could get better. There was no introspection happening. It just was covering with more drugs and more abuse and more, more and more and more and more and more and more and more to cover, to cover, to cover as opposed to peeling away of those layers and when we peel away the layers is when we find the access to start to be free anxiety and experience is really interesting which is why this is my leading series of of the season two of self to society because anxiety is really hard to handle Um, next week's episode is going to be about relationships. So I'm not even going to really get into adulthood that far, um, especially on the relationship side in this episode, because it's coming. It's going to be probably heavy for some people to listen to, but I hope that it provides some healing as well, or at least opens some doors to to get to the healing. But as we go through our life and our experiences. So think of, uh, here's some, here's some, uh, what word am I looking for? Perspective. That's what I'm looking for. Here's some perspective from zero to 12. Not, I mean, we just, we're fucking, we're just having fun. There's life in there. There's pain in there. For a lot of us, there's like really heavy traumas, really abusive families or, living in a foster system or, you know, uh, having absentee parents or experiencing abuse. 
um, or alcoholism or drug abuse, um, there can be a lot of trauma. But from zero to 12, our focus is like, let's just play and have fun. So the first 12 years of our life, like, let's say they're formative. We're not really living our life yet. We're a part of somebody else's life. Even 12, 13 to 18, that six to eight year gap, we're starting to live our life. We're like slowly pouring into the idea that we're going to fucking be adults and we've got to get jobs and pay bills and do some of that thing. But we're still probably under the supervision of an adult. We're still probably under the care of um, somebody who is guiding our decision making, right? We can get in trouble. We can get told what to do. We can get told where we're going to go to college. We can get our car taken away. You know, nowadays you can get your phone taken away because you're not the one paying for it, etc. So up until 18 to maybe 20, 22, depending on your family dynamic and what you're doing with your life. Let's say we start actually living our life at 18. I'm going to be 38 this year. I can't fucking believe I'm going to be 38. I'm going to be 38 years old this year, which means I've only really been living for 20 years, right? And if, if I'm lucky enough to live to 68, that's another fucking 30 years. That's 30 more years of very specific living because from 38 to 68, there's no gap of eight, you know, there's no like zero to 12 or zero to 18, it just is living. But but what compounds is all of the experiences that we have. From the time that we start to experience life and trauma, it is compounding. Every time, every day, every year, every month, it's compounding, 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 compounding. And some of it is really heavy and hard, and some of it is not. Some of it is relatively easy. Some of it is passive. Some of it is really fucking hard. But we get to a point of adulthood where now we have to wonder if some of those things are going to continue, right? The anxiety. I've carried anxiety um, through a lot of my life about uh, money and poverty and lack of success, um, about finding success and losing it because I watched my dad find a great deal of financial success and then lose it. Uh, so I've carried a lot of anxiety about behaviors as well. Um, one, you know, this is one of the hard things that I have to keep admitting in my life, but one of my greatest fears was that I would, uh, ruin my marriage the same when I got married. This is like before marriage. One of my biggest fears is that I would fuck up my life the same way my dad did his. And then I did. And then I did. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like the anxieties that we carry sometimes uh, have the ability to lead us into better decision making. In my case, I did the same dumb shit that my dad did. Um, Dumb, 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 dumb. And my dad and I were almost the same age when we were doing that same thing. That's fucking crazy to think about. Uh, You know, I've carried anxiety about uh, alcohol consumption. Um... I've cut down dramatically of my alcohol consumption over the last three weeks since my last episode. And uh, I think that that's been good. Uh, I feel good. I feel vibrant. 
do I look vibrant? <laughs> um, but you know that that's more a cognitive, cognitive or cognizant decision of wanting to prolong my life for my kids as opposed to me not enjoying booze or not wanting to drink anymore. But I've carried anxiety about ending up like my dad, who at 55 years old had very clear signs of undiagnosed diabetes. He was extremely overweight. Uh, his body was not, he was not healthy. Like health is not a, a word that I would use to describe my dad. Even at my age, when my dad was 38, my dad was pretty heavy um, and, you know, all things considered not healthy. Um, which is why I, at 37, am in a basketball league and tried to stay, you know, at least moderately active. And I'm thinking about the foods that I eat and I'm thinking about my alcohol consumption. And as opposed to letting that create anxiety for me, which it has done at certain points in my life, I'm just acting in a way that is different or more refined than what I used to, or as opposed to dealing with the anxiety. Um, I know that when I do these episodes, I end up uh, talking about myself a lot. And sometimes I don't like that I do that. But the reason I do is because this is my experience, right? Like the only thing that I can relate to you through is what I've been through as a human and hope that knowing that the details are probably at least some different, if not wildly different, that we can relate on how we felt during certain periods of time. And if we can relate there, then maybe we can relate on the desire to get better together. That's why I share a lot of my own personal stuff, because I don't want it to just be theory that I give or that I, that I share, but real experience. So some of my practices, and I'm, I'll cover this probably in the last episode really heavy, but I want to touch it in each one. Some of my process of overcoming anxiety and dealing with those experiences and being a thoughtful adult who is trying to be better and make better decisions um, are meditation. I slow down. Um, part of my meditative practice, though, is letting my brain run wild, not trying to slow it. Um, I physically slow down, but mentally part of my process is just letting it fucking run and run and run like a hamster in a wheel. And uh, I've, I've learned, I'm learning how to actually do the opposite of that when I feel like I need to, which is slow and breathe and allow peace to enter my mind. Um, exercise is one of the things, um, remaining active, playing basketball, finding things that I'm passionate about that bring me joy, uh, building businesses and, and doing creative things is another outlet for me that helps me to keep my some of that experience anxiety at bay because I've now allowed myself the freedom to be a creative and I'm stepping so far into that that uh, there's like no ceiling for me anymore which feels really great so what are some other practices um, my friend Trevor and I we have a very similar practice uh, this was I almost said this in a weird way uh, <laughs> individually, we don't do this together. Uh, individually, I let me start over. I have a practice that other people of my that I know share a similar practice. One of my practices is being in the shower, uh, sitting or standing, and and having external dialogue. So I'm literally like speaking to myself out loud, as if I were somebody else talking back to me, trying to understand 
the roots and the problems and the things and the directions and all that stuff. Um, my friend Trevor calls it Socrates and or showering with Socrates is what he calls it. Uh, I just call it being crazy and naked. I don't know. Uh, but that's another one of my practices. Um, yeah, I'll share more of, of some of my own process and obviously you're always welcome to reach out via email or DM or text me. Shit. I don't care. Text me. Um, give me a call. Fuck. However you want your most comfortable reaching out, please do that. Um, and I'm happy to share more with you for now. I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. This was childhood in the anxiety and experience series. Season two of self to society reimagined reinvigorated. I'm feeling fucking really good about this. Uh, I was a little bit uninspired towards the end of what of what ended up being the end of season one of self to society. And so I'm really uh, invigorated and ready to, to dive further into this. Thank you so much for listening. If somebody that you know, uh, if you think somebody that you know needs to hear these words or could benefit from them, please share them. I would be so honored. And as always, say hello whenever you get the chance. And we'll do this again real soon. Thank you, my friends. See ya.